Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to another episode of Nick and Garrett Get Serious About Jokes. I am Nick. And I'm Garrett. All right, and we are here and ready to talk jokes. Um, no sponsors this week. No oh. sponsors. Yes. Wow. Um, but um, let's, so let's just go ahead and jump into, just jump into it today. Um, we, uh, we did another uh, Netflix deep dive. We yep. watched a uh, Netflix special and then uh, um, we are here to analyze it and discuss yep. it. Now, full disclosure, uh, I didn't finish the Netflix special, so I won't comment on things that I uh, didn't see. I'll just comment on the, the, the parts that I did see. Gary, you saw the whole thing, uh, you know. I hate, you know, because I I don't want to be one of those people who's like I didn't read the whole book, but right. <laughs> but according to the first three chapters, this is what the book, you know. So right. Um, yeah. Uh, I feel yeah. like you you got pretty much the the yeah the, the, got, the, the, the basic gist of it. Yeah, based on um our off air conversation, I think I did, but um right. Uh, I I did want to see because we 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 whenever we've talked about these Netflix specials, we've talked about the closing joke and I really wanted to to get to that yeah. but uh, schedules didn't quite line up the way right. so, um, which I was uh, telling you a little bit about uh, yeah. there. <laughs> kind of crazy stuff anyway let's uh, let's jump into it we we saw um, Anna or Hannah um, Gatsby not Gatsby Gatsby yeah Gatsby Gatsby's special um, Nanette which I liked as a as a special or as a special in terms of a name, mm-hmm. and I was I was looking forward to to watching it, and I uh, and, and I watched it, and um, I, I feel like I came off liking her, and mm-hmm. but not loving the special, mm-hmm. um, and it feels weird to be like a local comic. And criticizing someone who has a Netflix special because it automatically seems like I'm hating. Right. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't think it was yeah. super funny, the parts that I saw. Yeah. Well, to be fair, uh, you know, we've watched several specials that we just loved. So I feel like there's definitely room to, to not like oh, a special. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Well, I, I will say... Uh, Hearing some of the jokes, just on a, from a technical level, it seemed like she could have gotten to some of the punchlines a little bit faster. Like there was a couple of times where she was talking about re- reiterating that she had been in comedy 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like, usually you don't have to keep saying that throughout your special. Not, 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 you know, not, not even the comedy, but just like if she had said, I'd been married 10 years. Like, you wouldn't have to keep saying that. You right, know what I mean? Right, right. So it was. It, it seemed as if just, and we were talking about one of the punchlines. It just. It seemed like some of it. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't like, oh man, this person has a Netflix. But you know what yeah. I mean? Like it. It just seemed like someone who who's bookable has confidence, good stage presence, knows what they're trying to to get out there, but doesn't seem like man. Yeah. Let, right. Yeah, so yeah, I, I kind of I kind of agree with you there. Um, one thing I think that makes it difficult to talk about this um, Netflix special, um, and and if if we were like the type of podcast to like um, give things like a number, like rate it like from one to ten or whatever, it would be really difficult to rate this special. 
Um, and I'm glad we don't do that because it's like it's kind of a waste of time. Right, right. In, in my in my opinion. Um, but it's hard to judge it in comparison to other comedy specials because um, obviously we're going to be talking about it. So like this is spoils for the end. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I guess we don't have to say that. But um, like the last 20 to 30 minutes, she basically gives up on being funny, which is kind of like a faux pas within comedy. It's like usually I measure, you know, one of the largest metrics by which I decide if I like a special or not. It's how funny it is because it's comedy. Um, and I think she is funny, and I agree with what you said. She is a little unpolished, um, based just in comparison to where she is, like the level that she's at. Um, but I did think she was funny, but she like intentionally stops telling jokes, like you know, like when there's like twenty to thirty minutes left of the of the special. So it's hard to compare in contrast to other comedians who spend that whole time. And like you said, we usually talk about like the ending joke. Yeah. And it's like there really almost isn't one in the special because she uh, she has this whole thing where she goes off and it's like very serious and like um, well, basically, it's interesting because she talks about earlier on she talks about like joke structure which is fun because right we were, yeah uh yeah like and that's I'm, our thing like i, mean, I feel like that's kind yeah. of how we got started was because we wanted to talk about jokes and yeah um yeah right, exactly so that's like right up our alley um and she talks about how she, like you know there's the setup and the punchline and then the usually there's tension and then the the punchline relieves the tension and uh she makes this funny point where people like thank her for releasing the tension, but she's like, I created the tension. Yeah. The, the thing I said before was specifically designed to create the tension that I would later release, which I thought was really intelligent. Yeah, I think that was both of our favorite jokes of the, yeah. of the special. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and, and I like that she did go there. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of that. Yeah. Um, it seemed like, because early on she was talking about how when she first started, you know, she, it was... She, you know, she was talking about her coming out story. Like that was a, you know, if you're um, a gay or lesbian comic, that is part of your your act if you're first, if you're starting out. Mm -hmm. And then she kind of hit that, and then she went on into that that bit, at least to a certain degree. And I thought that was interesting because usually, um, you wouldn't rehash your earlier material to that degree. Yeah. I feel like like if if you're if you've been in the game. 10 years, like she, she had said that a couple times. It seems like there may be like a, a two or five minute version of that. Yeah. But it seemed like she she made it 15, 20 minutes as, it, yeah. you know, almost as if that was like some of our earlier stuff that she just used yeah. for the special, which I would have thought had would have already been burnt. You know what right. I mean? Because she would have come out with an album or just something yeah. to, yeah. you know. Um, I, yeah, I think that was really interesting um, because I think a lot of like really good jokes come from like people's personal experiences yeah. and like usually it's something tragic. I think we talked about how like when we were talking about like best or worst shows, like it's it's usually more interesting to talk about the worst ones yeah, because yeah. it's like that negative experience and how you handle it. Um, and I think comedies like that in general as well where like if something bad happens to you, um, I think certain comedians deal with that by finding a way to make it funny and like it's almost like a way that they can express themselves. Yeah. Um, 
So we're, we're basically they'll they'll take this tragedy that happened, and they'll convert it into something that's funny. But the original event could have been really traumatic. Right, right, right. And so it's interesting how several times she tells a joke and it's funny as fuck. Or well, I thought it was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then she later goes back to it, and and instead of telling us a joke again, she provides us basically the real raw story, the sort of tragic thing that actually happened, and it's kind of interesting to see a comedian work backwards when you usually just see the end product well it, it seems like um again because i missed probably the last 20 minutes yeah 20 to 30 minutes uh, it, it, it seems like it, it's a lot like neil brennan's three mics or the um i forget the comic's name but uh the name of the special is homecoming king mm-hmm. where it's this mixture of personal story that's um it's funny but it's also serious and poignant and supposed to maybe even be cathartic and, and helpful to others who are in similar situations but it seems like those shows there's jokes throughout like it's not like okay the funny part's over now i'm going to be serious yeah. yeah it's 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 almost like a um a rhythm to it it's yeah. like there's you know like there's these highs where you're laughing and these lows where you're just like oh oh shit yeah. and, that. and then highs you know um, right but it it seemed to me like um, based on what you're saying about the end it was almost just cut into two parts um, um, yeah it, it is and do you and, think it was planned or do you think it was because the way when you say like when you say she when you use the term gives up on being funny it makes me think that she's just like all right I'm just gonna well, Do a I, TED talk now. I, I, I think I think that's part of her special. I think it's planned. Okay. okay. Um, but and and I've I haven't seen the whole part of uh, Neil Brennan's yeah mics, but yeah. I I kind of know how it works where it's like jokes and then one liners and then like real stuff or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of goes back and forth between like you said like the tragedy and then like the funny jokes and stuff. Um, which she kind of does because she'll start this thing where she tells this joke and it's like a regular joke and then she like elaborates on it. It gets a little bit aggressive or a little bit more serious and and it you know it's like she's talked about like the tension and you feel that tension and then yeah. she dispels it by making a joke and going back into jokes and she does that a couple times until she completely dispenses with telling jokes at all and just goes straight into the the tension thing and she makes a point of saying like i'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna let you out of this awkward situation yeah like yeah. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna provide the punchline that would release the stress that yeah, yeah. that you're having because i'm talking about things that make you uncomfortable yeah um and uh i, I haven't looked online to see what people's reaction about this special is because i kind of wanted us to have like you yeah, know, that fresh, fresh, yeah. like contribute our own thoughts. Um, but I imagine there's probably some backlash because she actually gets pretty aggressive towards, like, I think she goes for like straight white men. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I think some of the jokes she made about them, um, about straight white men as a group, is really, well, some of them were really funny. Uh, like, one I was going to mention is uh, where. Where where she was talking about like they've now become, they're 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 becoming not the default human. They're becoming 
like a subcategory, where where before, um, as people as it was portrayed in media and stuff, like if you see movies, um, and it's changed a little bit, but it's still kind of like this, where it's like every main character is a straight white guy, and if there's other types of humans in the story, they're usually side characters, and then they're like they're there to be like, look, we have them. But it feels like because of the way that they make these movies and things like that, that it's like the default is like just a white guy. Like that's the that's like basic human, which isn't the case at all, because any type of human is representative of all of humanity. Right, right, I guess. right, right. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I imagine that she's gotten some backlash from that because she's specifically aggressive. Like she she goes pretty, pretty far that way. Um, and, uh, well, I think I would say, I, I did like the one joke where she talks about getting mistaken for a man and, and then everyone like feels really bad and apologizes. And then she's just like, no, no, this is great. You know, I, yeah. I felt, uh, I, I, I was on top of the food chain for a minute, you know, so yeah. I, she, she had some, uh, so I don't want to make it seem like I didn't like it at all. Right. Right. Um, I think she had some good jokes, but I think if you're a comic. And and you are are in front of people, um, giving your ideas, giving your thoughts. Um, you still got to be funny, right? Like it has to come back to that, because if if you're not funny, then you know you're a public speaker, and then then it becomes like, well, if you're a public speaker, why are you? Why am I listening to you? I mean, do you have? Um, you know, have you done research in this field and have done a, published a study or are you just giving me your opinion? You know what I mean? Like, right. like then it becomes, uh, I think a different sort of, you, what makes you credible to your audience changes if you're not funny. You know right. what I'm saying? Like at that point it, you have to, you know, you, you're, you're almost feeling a different role. Right. You're, yeah. You're feeling a different role. You're just telling me your experiences and your perspective, which is fine. But then. Why? Why do I care so much about your your perspective? I'm sure there are other people who are from your same demographic whose perspective I may want to hear m way more than yours. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. and I think that that would be true. And I'm not necessarily talking about her. I just mean in general. Like, right. Yeah. yeah, that's a pretty good point. Yeah, um, I see what you mean. Uh, another thing I kind of wanted to talk about that I thought was really interesting, and I think as far as like. You know what she's thinking when she's making the special. This is probably the most important part, or one of the most important parts. Yeah. Where she talks about um, how she's going to stop doing comedy because uh, the self-deprecating humor has become this thing that's kind of toxic to her, where she sees it as humiliation. Um, which is interesting because self-deprecating humor is something that is used a lot in comedy. Um, it's useful, right? Because if you're, if you if you if you're in a room of people and nobody knows you and you're trying to be funny, jokes are built off of common ground. So if you get up and you're like, "Well, I look like this," you know, and yeah. allow people to laugh, it's like a way to immediately get their attention and get them on your side because they might have been thinking that, and then you beat them to it. And that's the other reason why it's helpful is because you can take people's power away from them. Yeah. yeah. Um. And and which where whereas they would have. Say you have like, I don't know, say you have a bad haircut and you get up and 
someone sees you, especially if you're in a room full of comics, like yeah. someone's already planning on blasting you for your bad haircut. Right, right. Yeah. So if you get up there and you're like, my haircut looks bad and you make it funny the way that you say it, you take that away from them because they can't mention that because as soon as they make a joke about it, the people are going to be like, well, right, they right. already made me laugh about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's always something that I've thought of as like a good thing self-deprecating humor to an extent i mean if you do it too much it's like you get kind of sad yeah 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 you become like this punching bag but you're doing yeah. the punching and yeah yeah no yeah you're right i mean it gets it can it can be over the top quickly yeah. i i see i see it as like a really good usually they're really good for openers right agree um, yeah i think that they're great for that um but she she has this problem with it and uh, particularly because if she, she sees her, she's, you know, she's, um, a lesbian comedian. So she is, um, sort of a representative of that group of people. And she sees doing self-deprecating humor to herself as putting down not only herself, but also people who identify with her or people who, you know, see her as a representative of themselves. Yeah. Um, which I think is interesting because I've, I've not really thought about, how you know an individual's comedy can affect people that are within their group i yeah, guess so yeah. i don't know like what what do you think about that well i think that um you're getting a phone call no yeah. sorry it's just a, an automated oh it's okay oh well i think that uh if if you are part of it seems strange to say like if you're uh, like if you're, I imagine if you're part of um, a minority group in some way, right? Whether um, gender-wise or sexuality-wise, race-wise, you know, you're, you're definitely conscious of sort of your your larger place in in society mm -hmm. um, to a certain degree as a minority, and so you do tell jokes that acknowledge that. You right. know, because I mean, you know, when you write jokes, you you are acknowledging any sort of tension or any sort of irony in your own life, mm -hmm. um, or that you recognize. And so, it it's, it's all it happens often. I know when I first started doing stand up, I wrote a lot of race jokes. You know, I would, and and most of my audiences were white, and you know, uh, just being here in Nashville, and so I write. I was writing a lot of race jokes, but my my thought process was always, I want to write race jokes that I could tell in front of white audiences and black audiences, you know, right. um, which is kind of tricky because I think the type of race jokes that a white audience would laugh at are not the t same type that a black audience would laugh at, um, at least with me. And so I had to be, it, it, it was interesting to see how certain jokes would work in one situation. Yeah. Um, but maybe not in another. And then how some jokes, like 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 black folks would laugh at, but white folks would be like, eh, I don't. I mean, I get it, but not really. So it was it was and then yeah. white, and you know so it was it was interesting in that regard. And I could see how um, she could have that 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 tension there. Yeah. You know, but it's not something you get hung up on. I mean, you mm -hmm. you, you you tell your jokes. Um, you know, you make your point. Um, about the tension in your life um, and, and how it sort of affects you. You may make fun of how you look or how you talk or whatever. And then you 
you know, you, you go and be offensive a little bit. Then, you know, and I mean, that's, I mean, that's kind of comedy one-on-one mm-hmm. stuff. So I don't, I am a little surprised, of course, and, and this is one thing I do want to point out. I mean, she's from, I want to say Tasmania. Mm-hmm. Is there? Tasmania. So there's, there may be a, a cultural disconnect where I, I, I don't see the degree to which she may have to um, be self-deprecating yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas, well, she mentions that it was like until some, like late 90s it was illegal. Right, right. So, t- yeah, so that's right. She, she talks about that early on. And um, so maybe from from her background and her perspective, um, she may be going against a way less flexible mainstream than, than I would be going, even in the South. Even, you know, because I mean, Middle Tennessee is... is Pretty, I mean, it's you know. I think if if you're from, you know, somewhere up north, you may think that it, it, it's it's kind of racist. But I mean, if you're talking about comparatively speaking to the South, I feel like it's it's pretty. I mean, it's pretty liberal in in regards to um, you know, and and not that everything's perfect. But right. yeah, I mean, the more so, rural rural you get, it gets worse. It gets worse. Yeah. But like, if places are natural where you're gonna be doing comedy anyway. I don't yeah, think Davidson County is a blue county. It's one of three blue counties in Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, we're in Rutherford County, um, but it's it's close enough right, right, to right. to Nashville that I think that there's still a lot of um, openness to it. So I, you know, my idea of what you know self-deprecating humor you can do to, before you can go on the offensive may be very different from her. So I give her the benefit of the doubt in that regard. But um, yeah, I, um, I don't have uh, so. I, but I, but I but I will say I don't, I'm a little confused by. The idea that there was almost like this burden of being a lesbian comic, like like that was yeah. kind of surprising because I think everyone kind of has a little bit of a burden to a certain degree because we all, I think everyone, even if you're a straight white male, has probably something about you that you kind of make your you kind of consider yourself a minority. Yeah. But like if you're like you're from Tennessee, so you're a southerner. Right. So in that sense, you're a minority, even though you're a straight white male. You right. know what I mean? So yeah. I think everyone kind of has something about them that's a minority, but it doesn't seem like it's yeah. a burden that should weigh you down. It should kind of provide opportunities. That's a, so anyway, I feel like I over- that's a, No, no, that's a really good point. Actually, I, I haven't really thought of that because it, it, is, it is true. I think it, you know, if, you're, if you're in a place where you are surrounded by people that are not and you're a part of a group that they're not part of. Yeah. Um you represent them in some sense. And people are so complex that you're always a part of a group that other people aren't part of. Right, right, right. So, like you said, you know, you could be the most straightest, whitest, guyest person around and you might be in a group of people where you're the only person who I don't know. Is a computer science major, right, or yeah. anything? So you're yeah. you're speaking. You're not you're not a spokesperson because you're not selected to speak for them. But you are what people's image of that group is, since they're yeah. you're the, maybe the only one that they know. Right, right. So it's almost like an interesting bigger conversation of like how much responsibility you have to represent a group that you're from. Which I feel like that's got, in my opinion, I haven't thought a lot about this, but I feel like that's something that the image. That's something that the individual has to accept. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it's a responsibility that you have to say, well, 
all right, I'll be, I'll represent this group that I'm a part of. But I, don't, I think people have the right to uh, dismiss it. I don't know. Yeah, well, it, we were talking before we started recording um, about tokenism right. and how uh, I could see her not wanting to be, you know, this this token. Right. Um, you know, like, like, oh, I'm this lesbian comic. And she even makes jo- you know jokes about like how some people criticize her for being... Um, not having enough lesbian content. Right. <laughs> uh, and then she has the great comeback where she's like, I was on stage the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, that idea of, um, you, you, you know, you, you don't want to feel like, you don't want to be so comfortable being the minority that you can't, you know, you can't be like, you can, now all of a sudden your jokes, like if you're a lesbian, don't work in front of a lesbian audience. Because you're so used to being a lesbian performing for straight folk. You know what I mean? Right. Or you're a black comic and you're scared of a black room. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to be in that situation. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, everyone has audiences that they're a little bit more comfortable with than, than, than others. But you don't, you don't want to be someone who's like, oh, I can't do this show because... You know what I mean? Like, and, I, and I think that there's, there's, there's yeah. always uh, that, that danger... Uh, and danger may be too strong of a word, but that that possibility, um, if you are part of a very obvious you know minority, you know if you're a computer science major, that's not something you're too worried about. Like, oh man, what if I'm a, is my material going to work in front of a room full of computer science? You know what right. I mean? Like you're not. Yeah. But um, you know, imagine right. if you're a gay comic. Right. That is something that crosses your mind. You right. Know? You don't want Because it's very different because, you know, no, no one's going to legislate against computer science majors. Right, yeah. But it's yeah. more possible, obviously, because it's a thing that has happened um, up until very recently and still is happening in, certain, in plenty of places around the world where uh, people are discriminated against for being gay through the law. So it's more, it's a little bit more closer to what they identify as because it, um, it it is something that's dangerous, or, or it is something that people um, are going to view them poorly for. Right, right. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. It does. Um, yeah, I think I, I I don't know. I would almost would because I remember watching it and then thinking, man, this this is you know it's a pretty long special. And then when I, you know, you press pause and you see how much longer it has, I'm like, wow, it's got a lot more to go. Yeah. I do wonder about the show, about if I, if it were maybe 45 minutes long, if I, mm-hmm. um, you know, same, same format and everything, but just yeah. shorter. I wonder if I would have. It was a little long. Yeah. Um, and I felt like she had some tags that. Or like unnecessary yeah yeah like that was just like she added on but like i didn't think that i i was like there, there were some jokes that i'm like that's really funny and then she added a tag that i'm like man right 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 yeah um so yeah i think i i was i kind of thought it was a little long um while i was watching it um and so maybe that would have uh, helped it a little bit yeah um but uh i wanted to mention how you brought up tokenism and I think that's kind of, like you said, like, she's trying to avoid being a token character. Yeah. Or, like, being what some people might consider, like, 
an Uncle Tom-esque character, which yeah. is basically this idea where you're someone who's part of a minority, um, and so in order to be seen favorably by the majority or whatever it is, um, it could be, you know, it could be white people, it could be straight people, it could be, you know, any, it could be anything, but uh, what what you could do in order to be, you know, palatable to them is you you basically have their opinions, or, or you basically make yourself almost like small enough to fit into where the space that they have for you, so that, that you can say, so that they can say, hey, look, you know, we're not discriminating against your group because we have this one person here who we like. Right, right. Um, which it's obviously, um, you know, problematic because that doesn't mean that they're inclusive. It just means that they're smart enough to have one person around. Right, right, yeah. Because like our country club's not not racist. We've got this guy as our member. Yeah, yeah it's like, don't you know Steve? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, gets, it can get tricky there. Um, yeah. And also, too, because it, it's... I don't even know if it's always, like, on purpose. Right. You know what I mean? I, I don't think people... Um, I mean, I think some people are that calculating. But I think a lot of times it's it's almost like you're just kind of going about your life and then you're like, no, what? I said this insensitive thing? Well, I can't be that insensitive because when I talk like that around around Steve, he yeah. doesn't seem to mind. You know, so I think that it's... Um, yeah. And, and, and also, too, I think... Go ahead, go ahead. I'll let you finish on your, your point. Uh, well, it, it just makes me wonder because, you know, I, I kind of think it's an... One of the things that, that I really, really, really like about this special is she brings up so many things that I feel like people in comedy don't really talk about. So it, even though it's not the funniest special, and there are places where I definitely think that she could improve, um, I like it because of the conversation that it allows people to have about comedy. Um, yeah. and, and so as far as like, you know, not wanting to be seen as a token character or, or, or an Uncle Tom or, or whatever within when you're doing comedy for large groups when usually, you know, if she's a lesbian, it's going to be for, you know, society as a whole, which is mostly straight. Right. So she doesn't want to be this person who is playing to them as far as like, is like, as a way of like, let me make myself the way you want so that you can say that you're not discriminatory. Um, but it makes me wonder what, how, how can you exist in comedy if you're a minority and talk about being a minority um, and not fall prey to this thing that she seems to be worried about? Does that make sense? No, I, I, don't, I, don't have a, I don't have an answer. I'm just wondering about it. I'm thinking about it. Um, well, I think, the, I think there's a couple of things. Because I, was, I, was, I remember having a conversation um, uh, with Renard about this. Uh, Probably uh, Renard Hirsch, one of the right. top comics in Nashville, right. Right? Uh, another black comic. And he was talking about when he lived in L.A., he was just talking about, like, like if you was a black comic, like, you knew that you had to do white rooms. Like, you just, like if you wanted to make it, like, you know, like, there's very few black comics who can do it just by doing all black rooms, you know, like in terms of doing comedy full-time and making a real living at it. Like, you just have to, you know that you have to do both rooms. And I think the key is just to put yourself in situations to do both rooms, mm -hmm. both types of rooms. And so I think um, 
we see this in Nashville a lot, where if you want uh, a certain type of themed show, then and it's not it doesn't exist, and it's up to you to create one. You mm-hmm. know, and which I don't again I don't know what it's like in Tasmania or uh, Australia or yeah. anywhere else, but but I know in Nashville it's like um, you know like um, like Chloe Stillwell like she wanted to. Um, you know, a, a feminist comedy show in Nashville. So she was like, you know what? I'll make a feminist comedy show in Nashville. And, you know, it ran for a couple of years. It was really successful. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I mean, that's just kind of what you got to do is, right. is to, I mean, again, not that I, but I, I feel like part of, you know, uh, of doing it is, is doing both rooms. And if one of those rooms don't exist, then it might, you might have to create the, the situation for yourself. Right. And, Maybe that doesn't solve it, but I think that that at least provides an answer, uh, you know, yeah. in, in some ways. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, and and I've never really thought about it that way. Yeah. Um, another interesting thing yeah. about her special that I wanted to talk about is the way she feels about herself as a comedian, which is very different than most comedians who have who are at the level where they have a comedy special. Yeah. Because usually, um, if they're at that place, they've been doing comedy for some time. Yeah. And they they have achieved um, a certain amount of success because yeah. they have the special. That's successful. Um, re- regardless of, you know, what you think about them. Uh, and most people who get to that level, as far as, you know, I've observed, they are very... Um, they're proud to be comedians. Yeah, they're they're excited about it. They're because you know it's the thing that's given them so right, much right. success. So they identify with it. Um, I was uh, like like they're you know have you watched the episode of comedians and cars getting coffee with uh, President Obama? Yeah. Well, like there's a part where he asks him the question where he's like, "Are you still doing comedy?" And Seinfeld's like, "Yeah, obviously, of course," because that's like so a part of his identity. Yeah, and it's a thing that like they love so it's like obviously that's why you do it of course of course that makes sense because you know you don't see a lot of basketball players who just fucking hate basketball um but it's it's interesting because she's a little bit different um or pretty different than people in this way because uh she is she sees comedy as having gotten burdensome to her at least recently i don't i think i think it's a thing that she had recently gotten tired of um and I think that's super interesting because most comics are are big fans of comics or big fans of comedy, um, yeah. and and it's just odd or uh, it's just different that she she is um, not as she's somewhat disillusioned with the comedy scene where most people uh, even if they criticize it they're like well it's shitty for this reason but it's like. I have to. I have to do it because yeah. it's like my passion. She's almost just like, yeah, it's just shitty. Well, um, yeah, yeah, and 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 it's like uh, the one one part of comedy that I always am a big fan of that I think is one of the things that makes it great is its ability to like act as like a critical eye to parts of society, as the ability to be to criticize something in 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 human experience yeah. and and. Oftentimes, the the ability to be the one person 
who is bringing up the thing that most people are thinking but they don't want to talk about, right, or they, right. they don't know that they're thinking about it, or, or they're, they're not really sh they don't they're not aware that it bothers them until someone brings it up, or, or maybe someone who points out something that everyone thought was normal, but when they tell a joke about it, when they tell yeah. it a certain way, suddenly this person looks like an asshole. Right, and it right. looks ridiculous, and so and so it's like it just um, it uh, yeah, it just illuminates it, things. It, it, it illuminates yeah. things, which I always that's something that I kind of hold in high regard about comedy, um, and I think what she's trying to do, and, and I guess the question is whether or not she succeeded. I, I'm not really sure because I don't really know exactly a lot of specific criticism she laid at like the comedy community. Right, right, but. Uh, it's interesting to see a comic looking at a part of society and criticizing it, but that part of society is comedy. It's kind of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems interesting because it seems a lot of times, and I see this with comedians in cars getting coffee, they're, they're talking about comedy as like, you know, this profession, like why would you want to get it? It's just goof-offs, but it almost seems like that's, they're joking around, like they're not really serious about it. Um, you know, and I, and I think... I would say this. I, everyone I know who does comedy, it, who, who does stand-up, they don't just do stand-up. They're, they're trying to write, or they're trying to act, or they're trying to, you know, they, 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 they do improv as well. or they do Like, it seems like I could see someone getting really burned out with stand-up. Anyway, just because it's a, it can be, it can be tiresome right. to, you know, the travel and the, but it seems like if you didn't really have anything else that you were working towards and it was just that, and I'm not saying that, that was, that's her case, but yeah, it seems like if you, if, if stand-up was just your thing for 10 years and it wasn't like, hey, I'm trying to write the screenplay, I could see how that could potentially um, make someone, you know, like if all you do is run you're going to get tired of running. You right. just will. Like, sure. No matter how much you loved it at first, it, you know, your, your mind can only, do, you know, you've got to cross train a little bit. And I, right. I wonder if there's a little bit of that with, um, with, with uh, stand-up and, and, and comedy in general. And then I think people just, maybe at certain points in their lives want to shift directions too. You know? Right. Like, like, and I, and yeah. I, I can understand that. I mean, Yeah, like, um, what's the key and peel? Yeah, yeah, which is the one that directed uh, Get Out? Peel, Jordan Peel. Jordan Peel. So yeah. like he's he's changed, and and I think he's decided that he's directing. Like like that's the thing that he he, I think he's mentioned that that's like his deal now. Maybe he just does comedy, um, like yeah. occasionally, but I think that's the thing that is important to him right now. So that's just another example of someone who, you know, was in comedy and did very well. Um, and now is, is is sort of transitioned out of it, and that might be where she's headed, and and I guess we're seeing it more publicly than we did with, with maybe Gil. so. That's a good point. Yeah, she's just kind of um, presenting her thought process more publicly than the yeah the average person because yeah go ahead go ahead. Well, because I imagine um, I don't know a lot about Jordan Peele. I just watched the the sketches. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I've been I've wanted to watch Get Out, but I haven't gotten a chance to see it yet. Um, but. Uh, I imagine he probably had some feelings that maybe weren't the same but were similar to hers before he started doing uh, 
Get Out. I mean, it, it's a uh, as far as I know, he, he wrote the script, right? He he wrote and directed yeah, it. Yeah. And he, uh, I think he he had been writing the script for quite some time, and he yeah. had rewritten it several times. So it was a thing that I think he. I, I remember hearing like an interview where he was like, "That's never gonna happen." Yeah. Um, and and so I'm sure before like he got to that place where he was doing you know the sketches and doing uh, comedy and and doing those things and uh, I, I'm I I wonder if he also had feelings of like I I need to change gears. Yeah. But it maybe it was more private. Well, yeah. I mean, it seemed like he reached the the pinnacle of where he was at. You yeah. Know? I mean, you, I mean, he was on Mad TV earlier, and then. That was pretty high, and then he gets his own show that's really successful, and is like um, becomes part of the pop culture lexicon. I mean, that's if you're doing sketch comedy, that's as high as you get. I think at that point you you look for another mountain to climb, you yeah. know. And yeah. I think, I mean, yeah. if you're doing comedy and you do a Netflix special, you're probably like, all right, what else can I do now? Yeah. I mean, and obviously there are people who have more than have multiple Netflix specials, but those comedians almost always are doing other stuff. Right. They're not just... Yeah, you know. th that's like one of the things where it's like interesting to see the comedians who are just comedians because there's not a lot of them. No. Like what? I'm thinking Tom Segura. He has a podcast, but he's, he's yeah. basically just a comedian. Um, John Mulaney had a show, but that didn't go anywhere. Yeah. I think it had like one or two seasons. So mostly what he does is comedy. It's mostly, but but he did the Broadway stuff too. Oh, for the, real? The Oh Hello. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so he so he's done some writing too, which so I, I almost feel like that the well he writing, writes on SNL and he did, he wrote for SNL I, I too. Forgot about that. Yeah, so I feel like that. I almost feel like writing is different enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, but yeah, but. I, I know what you mean. There, there's not a lot of people who, they're like, stand-up's my wheelhouse. That's what I do. I don't do anything else. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, it seems, it, 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 it's, uh, you don't see that a lot. Now, I, I remember hearing once, and I, I think they, I think it was about Aziz Ansari, but it was like, one of the things that got his foot in the door was, you know, some people like to stand up okay, but it was, he's like, he had written, com he had completed several screenplays. He was like, listen, this is what I have. Oh, for real? And yeah, even though, I mean, I, I mean, his, his TV show was what got made, but I just think the fact that he had had other stuff that he had done, that yeah. other people, you know, besides just the stand up, I think that, I, I'd heard him, and I, and I may be getting it wrong, um, it may not have been Azari, but I, I, I feel like it was. But, uh, you know, I, I think that, Having something else beyond because stand up can burn you out. I mean, you know, it's it's definitely a, a, a grind. Yeah. At times, I mean, you're just, I mean, they're just, I mean, I will say some, some of my favorite shows that I've done have been like maybe two hours before the show. I'd be, you know, get ready to head up there and I'd be like, man, I wish I got a text that said it was canceled. Just so I could like, yeah. just go and just do something else. But then, you know, 20, 30 minutes out from the show, you start to get charged up. And yeah. then, then you're kind of reminded why you like it when you're on stage and then even yeah. afterwards. But um, Yeah, I think every comic's had a night where like, they're going home and they're like, why did I even think about night? Right. <laughs> yeah. Mm. 
Well, I mean, we are we're at that forty three and a half minute mark. Yeah. I feel like this is a good. I think we've show. we've talked about this special uh, quite a bit. Yeah, I feel, I feel like we've covered it. Yeah, and it's it wasn't a forced talk either. Like I, I know we did um, another special uh, a couple weeks ago that I wasn't the the biggest fan of, and it seemed like after about twenty three minutes, we were like, "All right, I think we're done." Which one was that? That was the Theo Vaughn one. I didn't want to oh, say. Yeah. I didn't want to say his name. Um, oh, sorry, sorry for <laughs> yeah. ratting you out. Yeah. I, I just couldn't remember. Yeah. I, actually, that was my suspicion. But no, I, could, you, I couldn't remember. Sure. I couldn't yeah. remember his name. No, okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, I and I think talking about it, it's weird. It's it's almost like I I kind of like it more, but not as a stand up special, but just as a conversation started which i think if she yeah. were here right now she might be cool with that she might be like well cool i mean that's yeah I, I i think i think if you're coming from a place where you're like i'm leaving stand-up if you're if your last special which i don't know if she has other specials yeah um i don't think she has any on netflix but she might have some right, elsewhere. right yeah but uh if you're leaving if you're leaving comedy it makes sense that on your way out the door you leave a conversation yeah um, yeah so it it makes sense, and I, I agree with you. I think she would probably be fine with that, that it's having a conversation. Um, because it seems to be that that's what's important for her more than comedy is talking about things. So that might be her next focus. Um, but yeah, it, I, I, we definitely... Um, I, I do think it's it's good in that you know, we, it's allowed us to talk about it at length and have this yeah. conversation. Yeah, I think I, think I would advise someone if they were going to watch it to just kind of go into it knowing that it's it's not a Netflix special like you think it is, um, you know what I mean? Like it's it's very it's it's you're not going to laugh the whole time. Yeah, and I don't think that that's the the, the purpose of it. So. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. But uh, to contrast that, I do think like it's a special that I will remember for quite a lot longer than some other specials that we've reviewed that we won't name. Okay. No, um, right, right. It's, yeah. Um, but because it's like those were okay or whatever, or I'm not talking about all of them, but like you know, just in general, like if you watch a special and you're like, it's good or whatever, but maybe you don't think about it the next Anymore. day. Right. Right. This one at least we can. Um, it seems like something we may reference in the future. Yeah. If we're talking, if we're, if we're trying to create a parallel between certain topics in, in comedy. So, um, well, I I think that that's a We've Inside done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another one in the books. Great. So um, we've um, brightened y'all's week again. Yeah. So um, you're we we release you. You are free to go and uh, live the rest of your your week in peace. And we will be back in about six days. Something like that. Yeah. 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 So until then. Great. See ya. Keep it safe. Keep it sexy. <laughs>